Welcome back to the Doing Good Podcast, where we talk to volunteers about their experiences serving their communities. I'm Megan McInnes, your host for this episode. I'm glad you're with us today as we celebrate amazing volunteers, their stories, organizations, and their passion for making a difference. We encourage you to celebrate a volunteer you know and share today's story with someone to hopefully educate or even inspire them to act. Now, on to celebrating those who are doing good. Hi, and welcome to the Doing Good podcast. We are thrilled to have Karen here with us today. Karen, would you mind introducing yourself and letting the listeners know a little bit about who they get to hear from today? Hello, I am Karen Freeland Avilis, and I am a certified life and reinvention coach. I'm also married, residing in Greenville, South Carolina. I have two boys, ages 10 and 12, and we actually have um, a dog, Kobe, who is seven months now, and he is a Shiba Inu. So that is uh, keeping me on my toes at the moment. Thank you for introducing yourself. That was very fun. And we look forward to getting to know more about you over the next few minutes in this podcast episode. Let us know how you are introduced to your current volunteer roles and activities. Yeah, it was definitely more of a feeling. So just to kind of back up and give a little more context, I spent 15 years in corporate chasing the paychecks, the titles, trying to get promoted and really putting a lot of stock in what my title was. And Although I had a great life on paper, I felt this inherent gap in my life, like something was missing, like I had a bigger purpose, but I wasn't fulfilling it and I didn't really know what that was. And so through a series of events and losing my job and, you know, becoming a life coach, we moved, we moved to South Carolina, to Greenville, to a place where I don't know anyone. We had no family, no friends here. And when I was talking to my realtor about, how I could meet people and get more involved in the community, she mentioned an organization called Junior League, Junior League of Greenville. I'd never heard of it before. I didn't really know what it was, but she said it was a great way to give back to the community, but also meet other amazing and talented women in the area and make friends. So to me, it sounded like a great idea. But when I started to learn more about the organization and all the community partners and the service opportunities, I was instantly called to it. And thought, you know, this just might be that gaping hole that I had been feeling so much in corporate when I was just so focused on my career. And now I'm going to have this opportunity to really give back my time, my talent, my treasure, and help other people in the community. So it just was a great fit. Would you share a little bit with us about your background? Because it sounds like you had never volunteered prior to your living in South Carolina. Is that right? Well, actually, I I sort of forgot about this until I was thinking about the podcast and making sure I had some articulate things to say. And I remembered I actually did volunteer when I was living in Queens, but I volunteered at an animal shelter. So after we got our dog, who was original, our first dog, a puggle, his name was Peanut, and he was so sweet and cute and started learning about dogs and then realizing how many dogs there are for adoption and feeling a little guilty that we didn't rescue, um, I found out about an animal shelter and they needed people to come and walk the dogs so that they would at least have like a little bit of last good few days until maybe they got adopted. I mean, that was always the hope, but there were just 
more dogs than could ever really be adopted. And so that was my first volunteer experience. But I will say I only did it for a short time. It was honestly very emotionally draining. It was tough to come one week and be like, okay, I'm going to walk princess. And then you come back the next week and princess is gone. What a hard challenge to go through, especially as a young person. And also as a first time volunteer, when really it sounds like all you wanted to do was help and certainly be with the dogs. That is such a challenge. That's an uphill battle right there. Well, kudos to you for doing that. And I wish that that was different, but I'm sure it left an imprint on your, yeah. on you. What did it leave you with? Just the fact that there are so many creatures that have things worse off, right? There are just, it puts things into perspective, I guess, is maybe the best way to to say it and to try to use your voice in any way you can. You know, whenever people are like, oh, I want to get a dog. I'm like, oh, you should rescue, you know, and, and just try to spread that word as best I can and love the dogs that I have, right? Like, you know, sometimes we get frustrated. I Trust me, I have a puppy right now. So I have to remind myself constantly that when he's like chewed a pair of shoes or something, okay, but look, look at the beautiful home he's got. You know, you're giving him this wonderful life. You're loving him. You're taking care of him and just enjoy and cherish those moments because this dog could have, who knows, ended up somewhere vastly different and had a much, you know, worse experience. Absolutely, right? You never know. And the same goes with people and any kind of animal, right? We we all have stories and backgrounds and you rarely get to hear them all. There's just a not enough time and, and I hate that, but that's why we're here today. So we get to find out more about you. So, so it sounds like you were younger when you did this with the shelter. Is that right? And you felt this emptiness in some former fashion, but couldn't quite put your finger on it. And then when you moved to South Carolina, you were at least told about Junior League, which is an incredible organization. They are nationwide for those who are interested. But will you tell us a little bit about Junior League and how it's set up? Because it is very different than, quote, most other nonprofit. So Junior League is a national organization, and I am specifically part of the Greenville chapter. We have 1,200 women here, and although we are a nonprofit and focused on economic mobility and human trafficking, we actually serve other nonprofits that have a similar mission right here in the community. That's great. So can you at least share what you have learned about the causes and why Junior League is actively supporting them in your community? Yeah, absolutely. So Economic mobility is also is all about helping women get out of poverty and to get the skills that they need to have economic strength here in the community. And then obviously human trafficking, you know, is so detrimental. Women are women and children are often the biggest victims here. So again, how can we get these women out of sex trafficking, out of prostitution and get them into just everyday regular jobs so that they can provide for their families and their children, but do something that is not scarring them and will be more meaningful and contributing to the community. Absolutely. And I'm hearing a theme called women. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and Junior League is, from what I understand, a women's organization. Is that true? Yes, we are. Okay. So, and this 
might be coming from left field, but how do you feel about volunteering with women for women? Yeah, well, I love it. I mean, that's kind of my whole mission, even in my you know life coaching practice is all focused on women. So I think we we need the support, right? We deal with a lot of things that men in other groups don't necessarily deal with. And I think it's really important to help women in this way and give them the best shot at living their dream life. That's reason enough right there for somebody to pick up a phone and do something, right? You'd never know. I I believe in having the ripple effect, you know, mm-hmm. where where you can just plant seeds and and help them grow, of course, but that one thing leads to another and you create ripples in a pond. And so you just sometimes never know how it's going to affect somebody else. But frankly, it does and will and and it just keeps getting bigger. Yeah, and we have a education community team now who is like within the junior league that is really going out and trying to educate our community on these issues so that they're more aware of what's going on. And maybe it will stop a guy from doing something that uh, could harm another woman, or maybe it will get guys out of their bias to say, hey, I'm going to hire this woman who is an abuse survivor because I want to give her the best shot at getting back into the community and supporting her family. So it's really not just about helping the survivors and helping those women who have been victimized, but also like educating the community that, hey, these women need a shot, need support. Can you do something different from your perspective to help that? Right. Because we all have a part to play and it's just a matter of figuring out your piece of the puzzle. And men are certainly a huge piece of this puzzle. And it's not only to stop the trafficking, et cetera. And I do recognize or I have heard there are women in that industry as well, which is yeah. horrible. But it it's to stop the problem from the from even beginning in the first place is part of it. But then there are the rest of us who, you know, might be able to help somebody with a job or just experience, right? It's hard to get experience without experience. And it sounds like y'all are really helping each person on an individual basis as she needs it. Yeah, that's the goal. So tell me about one of your volunteer experiences you've had with or through Junior League. Yeah, so I've had two that are really, I think, worth talking about. One was with the Cinderella Project, and then one was with our nearly new shop, which is our thrift store. So I'll start with the Cinderella Project. And that was, if you've never heard of it before, we get used prom dresses, gently used, practically brand new in many cases, worn once. And all the other accessories that would go to complete your prom look. So it'll be, you know, could be jewelry, could be a purse, could be shoes, could be a scarf or shawl to wear over your dress. And then these young women who are of a lower economic status can come in and shop for a dress for free and they get everything they need to complete the look. So I had the opportunity to do this actually about a month or so ago uh, because we're getting into prom season down here in South Carolina. And these beautiful young girls coming in, trying on these dresses and just seeing their eyes light up when they just looked like complete princesses and, you know, felt like the bell of the ball in the dressing room. It was just so heartwarming to see that transformation and give them that little bit of hope because you just don't know what their home situation is. And there was one girl that came in and she was with her dad. I don't know, maybe her mom had to work or maybe her mom passed away when she was very young. You know, I don't know the story, but 
I saw her there with her dad. And as I was letting her into the dressing room before I closed the door, I just said, hey, you know, if you need me to help you with a button or zip something up, I was like, you know, just let me know. I'm happy to come in here and help. And she was like, oh, thank you so much. And, you know, she came out in this beautiful yellow dress, just bouncing, looking so happy. And I was able to kind of play that mother role for her and tell her how beautiful she looked and, you know, suggest a purse to go with it. And it's just moments like that that are just so fulfilling being able to play that part. And how unusual. I mean, how many times in life are you able to play that mother role when and as needed? You know, and it's only, or I think it's really only through volunteering that you get to do that in a meaningful way. I would agree. I mean, I, I can't say there's a lot of other opportunities um, outside of that. So it was really fun. And then I've also volunteered at the Nearly New Shop, which has been my biggest. I've done over 40 hours from September of 2021 until about February of 2022. I get the biggest kick out of stocking the floor and picking out the purses that I'm going to put on the purse rack. And the it's all gently used stuff. And it's a little bit more high end. So, you know, we get some good stuff. We get Coors and Coach and, you know, Michael Coors and other big name brands. And I get to put the clothes out on the floor. And when I see these women in our community who desperately need this service come in and be able to get a fresh new outfit or and something for an interview or a formal gown. I mean, it is so magical to see them walking around with their little red basket and all the stuff that I stocked on the floor in their basket that morning. And I don't know, not everybody likes to work in retail, but I really get to see the fruits of my labor. And I think for so many years, my main mode of volunteering was because I didn't have time. I was work. I thought I didn't have time. I was working, you know, 60 hour weeks and putting all this time and energy into the job. So my go-to was to donate. You know, I would give money, but it just wasn't the same as being there and seeing the impact that you're actually having on someone's life when you're giving your time and your talent. But keep donating. I would never tell you not to, to donate and gift money because that is a beautiful thing too, right? And if that's what you're blessed with, then that's the gift that we get to share. But for me, it's just been so much more fulfilling to go beyond the monetary status. Right, I hear you. And I laugh because it's so true. We all have that piece of the puzzle. That's exactly what I was saying before, right? And yes. none of this other could happen without those making donations. So, yeah, yeah. And I also want to point out, too, that um, to the listeners out there who maybe this is news to them or maybe this is a different way of volunteering. But I'll, I'll just point and this is not meant to sound too blunt, but, you know, in one story, you're stocking the shelves. You are doing what I would call the regular manual labor of a retail store, but probably probably at a slower pace and maybe more fun with others, you know, and that sort of thing. But it's that type of skill. And and then on the flip side, the other story you shared was about your experience as being a stand-in mom for a day. And I'm sure those don't come along every day. You know, those right. those opportunities are not as common as the other but they're glorious just the same. And each one has its own feelings attached to them, right? And and I think that I just want to 
underscore the idea for the listeners that you really don't have to be out there, I'll say, hitting the phones eight hours a day, every day for weeks on end in order to feel like you're doing something. You can go and stock shelves. That needs to be done. You can help a girl. You can be that stand-in mother in whatever way she needs that day when she's experiencing putting on, you know, and trying something on that's a significant dress in her life, you know? prom dresses, wedding dresses, that sort of thing, they don't come around too often. And so I just wanted to to acknowledge that and say thank you because those are such cool experiences that you shared. And yeah, I think sometimes people think that they need to be doing something glamorous, but that's not what volunteering generally is. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because one of the reasons I was so drawn to Junior League is because we have so many community partners. So when you go, and, and there's nothing wrong with doing this way if this is where, where your heart is being called, but if I went to any one of our community partners and I just volunteered there, I would only be helping out one organization. And our strategy here at Junior League is better together, right? Stronger together. So we try to buddy up with several partners in the community and then use our 1,200 members to go out there and support all of those. But what's been beautiful for me is I now get to experience working, you know, through my placement each year because I'll get assigned to a specific community partner or a specific position within junior league. And I get to try them all. And then I get to figure out, oh, is this one what my heart is really being called to? Is this too emotionally draining? Like the one when I was doing the, you know, the dogs so many years ago or what fits my talents? You know, where can I be of best service to my community? And so I like that I get to choose something different every single year and have all of these experiences and then figure out what suits me best and hone in there. That sounds perfect. Yeah, right. And and I think too that what I see in you, especially as you light up, as you share these stories, is that you love what you're getting to do, even if it's on, 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 on a level that is still a little bit in the introductory mode for you. That you're you're getting something out of it, you're enjoying it, and you know I really like to see that and and the impact that it's having on you. I think that says a lot too. It just warms your heart in a way that you can't anticipate. And it's not to say that it isn't hard. You know, I had one uh, one day at the nearly new shop, and I was doing intake, so I was getting all the donations that were coming in, and then I sort them and put them into piles. You know, is it something that we're just going to send overseas that we can't really sell? It's not the right brand, whatever it might be. It might be damaged, have a hole in it, or is it good stuff that we can put out on the floor and price? Well, this couple came in, a couple of kids, and they brought in some stuff and they were like, we don't know what's in here. Be careful. There might be needles. There was an overdose situation. So they were literally cleaning out this young man's closets. We do sell men's clothes and, and children's clothes there as well. And it was as a result of a of an overdose. And that just hits you in a way you're not anticipating because most of our donations are coming from, you know, affluent folks in the community who are bringing stuff in and they're just cleaning out the closets. They're just freshening up for the next season. And here we were going through this young man's stuff who had an overdose. And it was just, it was a, a tough morning, you know, to sit there and kind of like handle his clothes and realize like what was really happening. Right. And those tough mornings are part of the, process. But it is like, it just reminds you of what is going on in your community. And I think for so many years, I walked around a little bit with my head in the sand. 
And I thought, because I made this great six-figure income and because I had this great life, even though it wasn't ultimately what I wanted to do with my life, but like, you know, I was living a, a great life, you know? And so I forgot about all the other people in the community that I probably walked by in the grocery store, that I probably walked by at the gas station when I was paying for my gas at the pump. And it just helped me to open my eyes and to really see all the things that are are plaguing our communities and do something about it. Like put us in the driver's seat, take action, because just sitting around and knowing about it and complaining about it right, doesn't get anything done. And, and I just love that I've been able to kind of roll up my sleeves and really get in there and have an impact. I love it. Preach it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell I'm excited and I love doing this and I want everyone to go volunteer? That's great. Well, okay. That, then that brings up a whole opened Pandora's box. So what would you suggest to someone out there who may or may not have volunteered in the past or maybe in recent years? What would you say or suggest to them to get started and what mindset should they have when walking in? Sure. So you definitely want to do your research. I mean, you want to understand the organization that you're going to be working with and volunteering for. I went to a couple of informational sessions before I committed to joining because I wanted to learn about who are these women. I'll be honest, I was very nervous uh, when I hear something like junior league. I imagine all these really, you know, kind of snooty people, maybe, you know, I had a perception in my head, perhaps. And that could not have been farther from the truth. These women were warm. They were welcoming. I mean, I'm a Northerner. I'm a Yankee here in the South. I mean, there were so many things that could have gone horribly wrong. And I just have felt nothing but love and being embraced in this community. So for me, that was a big tick in the box. I was like, yes, okay, this is an organization that I can get behind, that I can support. I want to spend my time with these women. So that's really important. And then understanding the mission of that organization and what are they going to have you do? If you know off the bat, you hate retail and you'd never want to work in a retail store, well, then working at the nearly new shop is going to be a horrible experience for you. So that might not be an area that you want to go into. What else can you do at these organizations and really understand their mission and what your heart is being called to? In terms of mindset, you have to go into it with an open heart, a heart of service. If you feel like it's an obligation, then you're going to miss out on all the goodness that volunteering offers. And I've done it before. And are there additional bits of information or resources or tips or experiences that you would like to share with us that you haven't already today? Oh, gosh. Um, not too many experiences because it's my, still my first year, but I'm, I'm really excited for next year to get uh, more, even more involved in the organization. One experience that uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about, actually, was we had an event called Empowered Women of Greenville. And it was uh, a couple weeks ago where women uh, in the community could come and hear from amazing keynote speakers and uh, other members of the league and some of our community partners come and present to, again, help women get empowered whether it's, you know, career placement, resumes. I actually did a session on maximizing your network on LinkedIn and teaching women how to use this amazing tool to find your jobs and to stand out in the marketplace and get recognized. And so that was an amazing experience to see so many of these young women fresh out of college or still some of them in high school and yet others who were going through a complete reinvention later in life saying, you know, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. I, I actually want to do something more meaningful. So we had actually women of all walks of life 
But to be able to be up there on that stage and just present them with information that they can use to literally change their life and the trajectory is, again, just so powerful and so meaningful. You're such a helper, such a supporter in every way. It feels really good now to be able to be in that space where I can do that. Because there were many years where I was extremely self-absorbed and focused only on my job. So if anyone from my prior life is listening to this, they're going, whoa, this is like a 180. (laughs) That's your story. You know, that's the great thing about it. That's part of life is that we all get to keep changing and keep growing. And I wonder if there is anything else in regards to volunteering or maybe the seasonal balance to life that you found that works for you that maybe you could pass on to the listeners. Sure. So first I would just say, find the time, make the time for it, make it a priority. I mean, we all say, oh, we're busy, but then we sit around and scroll on social media for two hours or watch TV for several hours. There's many things that we could be doing instead of that that might fulfill us a little bit more. You're never really completely ready. You know, like it's almost like having kids. Like, well, I'll have kids when I'm ready. Are you really ever ready to have a child? I mean, the only way you learn is by doing. So just get out there, try something, see if you like it. If you don't, finish out your commitment and find something else. You know, it's it's not something you have to be committed to for the rest of your life. It's not rocket science. Just give it a try and see how it works for you. Fantastic. And a few minutes ago, you said something about celebrating the people who volunteer. And this is an example of how we can celebrate you, Ms. Karen. And thank you so much for today, for sharing your story, your passion, your clear passion for helping and supporting others, especially through volunteering from the people you don't know to the people you get to meet and help out at the thrift shop to Kobe, your dog who you get to care for every day. So thank you very much for your time today and your heart. And I hope the listeners will come back for more and also look for us celebrating Karen's story online on our social media platforms at Doing Good TV. Thank you, Karen. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Doing Good podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation today, we invite you to subscribe or rate us on your favorite podcast player. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Doing Good TV. Doing Good is a 501c3 nonprofit. Please donate to support this podcast and more via the donate button on our website, doinggood.tv. Together, let's celebrate those who are doing good.